welcome to another episode of the Streaky Lawn Podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and I've got a usual crew with me today. Uh, Caroline, how's it going? Hi, uh, good. Back from Raleigh, ready to talk about some basketball. Yes, I think that's a good topic as well. And we've got Paul joining us again. Paul, hello. 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 How are things? Things are chilly. Yes. Vortex chilliness. I'm glad the I don't vortices are polarizing but uh yeah got some who's hoops to discuss uh a blowout uh on the road and then a overtime close win on the road uh it's a a, a funky lull in the schedule after the game uh for my against miami on saturday but uh we'll get to that in a could bit. not come at a better time let me tell you yeah, what absolutely uh i agree uh, let's talk a little bit about the Notre Dame game. Um, you know, some takeaways from a team that looked uh, pretty good versus a team that looked completely overmatched. And, and, you know, the Irish are just having a tough season. So it's basically what we expected uh, was UVA uh, to be able to handle the, the undermanned uh, Mike Bray squad. But anything, Caroline, that really, I don't know, jumped out from uh, that performance to you? Yeah, well, especially considering what we'll definitely dive deeper into deep um, with NC State is the lack of turnovers against Notre Dame. Uh, only two for the whole game, one in each half. I love the symmetry. Um, in fact, the second half turnover came on the first possession of the second half, and then there were no more the rest of the game. So that's kind of stuff. They, it was just clinical. Um, there was never really a chance – or a moment when Notre Dame looked like they got within 12 and uh, that to some people is still like, they let them come back to within 12. Um, and I'm like, that's still a lot of points away, which is uh, good. And then uh, coach Bennett made some adjustments and got Mamadi Diakite had an outstanding game um, both sides of the ball. And he had four blocks, which is a career high, which he then actually matched the next game at NC state. Um, but he's really been, to me, one of the things in this stretch of the last few games that we've talked about, we wrote about a little bit on, on the website, um, is he's just becoming the player that we kind of all thought he can be. Um, and in talking to him, especially after the NC State game, it's, uh, he's just kind of getting it. He's not thinking as much through everything. Uh, he's letting the game come to him. And he's playing smarter. He even said, like, if I can stop an easy layup or stop a guy that's coming up to make a shot, then I'm going to do it. If I'm out of position and I'm just going to end up fouling him, then I'm not going to you know, go for the block. And I was like, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's a good thing to have happening. Um, yeah. So yeah, those are probably, I think I like the way he played the, everything was so balanced. I, there, there was just to me only good stuff to take away. Jay Huff had another good game. Um, DeAndre had a good game. Kyle was six for eight, didn't attempt any shots in the second half, and he didn't need to. Really? Yeah. yeah, like he didn't need to. He was six for eight in the first half, 15 points, I think, and, and that, was, yeah. that was all he needed. Um, and they don't force that, which I like. Like, I, obviously, I'd like to see Kyle at least get a shot or make a couple shots in the second half, but if you don't need that from him, like there's nothing that they're doing where they're force-feeding any one player to try and um, you know, make them contribute or something like that. So I, I just thought all around it was – it was a good performance across the board. Like I said, Coach Bennett made adjustments that were clearly the right thing to do because Jack Salt was getting pulled out by Mooney, who decided to hit a couple threes. Um, and they got Mamadi in there, and he 
shut him down. He shut him down the rim. He shut him down he all of his own three. Mama yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was a fun. It was a fun game. I enjoyed it. Absolutely, I think uh, the wins are easy to enjoy for sure. But not, <laughs> yeah. not every win is easy to enjoy, which we'll get to just a second. I think the only real other point I, I would ever want to make uh, against the about the Notre Dame game is that Ty Jerome almost had a double double and then yeah. he got yanked. <laughs> yeah. We're all sitting there going, "Oh!" <laughs> and I think Tony even referenced it after the game. Yeah, um, Ty maybe it was someone crap. talking about his, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know if Ty he gave actually him crap said when he came out of the. I would believe it. Where he was it like, oh, looked like me. he was glaring at him or something. <laughs> no, I, I think Ty actually said to him like, "Oh, you pulled me with nine nine rebounds. I could have had a double double." And then Tony responded with, "Well, you shouldn't have had to sit with the foul trouble. You could have had a double double." <laughs> so I was like, "That's pretty good. I, I appreciate that." It was the second straight game with five players in double digit scoring including Kihei Clark who had 12 yeah yeah you know it's it's we can maybe get into some of the spicy hot takes that the other ACC beat writers have thrown onto the internet um specifically during the UVA state game but Kihei is showing some stuff that he can do offensively and that is going to be important I don't think that he's going to have this huge role. I agree with most of the folks that are saying, like, I don't want to see a ton of time where Kihei and Jack are on the court together. Um, that's a that, – that I will I will probably put that towards offensive black hole. Toll, that's for you. Um, but that's not to say that – he also was a salt whisperer a little bit at times, too, so making things happen. But it just was one of those, you know, tie with six assists, no turnovers. Um I just, I, it was all, like we said, all the way around. It was a good game. Yeah. Yeah. Any road win in the league play is, is a good thing in my book. So 100%. let's jump into the state uh, game. Uh, you know, looked like a normal Virginia game. Uh, and then somewhere in the second half, uh, state, I think, amped up the pressure. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, the turnovers started to catch up. Like they were already turning the ball over too much from the beginning of the game. Like they were yeah. doing that in the first half. Um, and you know, we're only up four, but that's not like the weirdest thing on the road against a ranked team, yada, yada, yada. But then it, it like the, the, the lull, the dreaded lull that, that we have faced here and there, um, throughout the few, uh, or I mean, you could say all of Tony Bennett's tenure cause it's the truth. Uh, the lull in offense came. And you, you, I think that we're so panicky as a fan base because we've had such crushing losses. Um, you know, people immediately were like, this is like the Syracuse tournament game, uh, which was sort of like the Syracuse regular season game after that tournament game. Or yeah. uh, whatever, you know, uh, debilitating losses you want to look towards. There were some things that uh, – were similar with with speeding UVA up and getting the other team back in the game, uh, which is what State did. Obviously, the who's won. Obviously, again, any win is pretty much a yeah. an awesome thing in my book. I know we're going to get into arguing against maybe some things we don't fully believe um, and maybe some things we do. But Paul hasn't had a chance to talk much yet, so maybe I don't know if his takes <laughs> are spicy or not. But, but I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it to him with some some early or first impressions from the state game. Sure. So I, I will kick off the overreaction. I, I'm I'm happy to, to carry that mantle. Um, I so I I will credit uh, the the one shining podcast guys for putting this idea in my head. 
um, Mark Titus specifically talking about how um, there's been a sort of a change in philosophy at Duke over the past, I don't know, maybe 10 years that they kind of don't give a crap about the regular season. Um, and it's about figuring out how they put their best team on the floor to win a national championship yeah. and whether Virginia needs to adopt more of that mentality um, that yeah. they've climbed the ACC regular season mountain. They've now climbed the ACC tournament mountain. Um, but at the end of, they've then fallen off a cliff at the top of that mountain every time they get to the NCAA tournament pretty much. Um, and I think there is some legitimate tension between the chop wood, carry water mentality and philosophy at Virginia and, and Tony Bennett's, doing the little things right gets you the win and focusing on doing the little things is almost its own reward and it'll all work out in the end. Um, maybe he has more Zen master patience than I do. And maybe that's, he does. Maybe it's still, I, I, yeah, he certainly does. Um, but I, I think there is some is does that philosophy match up with, trying to is is it at odds with recognizing that a national championship is your ultimate goal um and i reckon you know there are of course different paths to get there but it is you know i, I a bit worrisome that um i will give credit where credit is due and caroline you've been banging this drum all year that this year's virginia squad is more multiple more flexible there is more that they will do differently. We saw that in the Duke game that there is the plan B this year. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, credit if, if maybe we're a year late to recognize this tension that last year it really was a problem. And now Tony's recognized it and adapted, but that is, that is the concern of if you're treating every game the same when they obviously aren't the same uh, in terms of value and importance, mm. are you, putting yourself at a disadvantage for the most important games later. What does that have to do with the state game? And I'm not, I'm not saying that, it doesn't. As, just, no, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That as, as things got tight and things got weird, it started to bring back some of those, those old tendencies that there, um, I feel like there wasn't as much of the, the same Virginia came back. And I think that's the, the been my criticism at po- or my frustration point at points this year is when things go wrong, there is still the first impulse of do the old things better as opposed to oh, try okay. more new things. Um, and apparently the old thing that they were trying in this game was not playing well in transition. Um, that that, yeah, that and, was just, yeah. And it was, so, it was frustrating because there are so many more better athletes. There's so many more better offensive weapons this year. Yeah. It's like, how can you still not, either make the pass or make yeah. the layup it's just it was which so i find which which is true that and i was looking i'm looking at the stat broadcast right now because i was curious to like look at the anatomy of how you come back from up down 14 whatever the thing that kills me or that i think is really interesting slash funny with this argument is you'd think that if virginia was going back to their old ways or like the norm or whatever like reverting to what they normally do it wouldn't be pushing the ball in transition like this is that's where they got tripped up against Syracuse and that's where they got tripped up here they were up 14 and instead of pulling the ball out they don't do that they get a block state goes the other way and gets a layup then when Virginia came back down and drew a foul from Hunter he makes a couple free throws they take it down and make a three 
Like it, it was very similar to Syracuse in that sense. I get why people said that, but again, when Virginia lost to Syracuse in 2016, it's because they didn't play their style. It's because yeah, they didn't. Sure. They did the thing that people always demand of Virginia, which is the counter boring thing, which is pushing it in transition and doing this and that. And and they did it, and it didn't work. And part of it was, and we can. Feel, I think that it's uh, there's a discussion to be had in the interesting nature of how state perceives refereeing, <laughs> because sure. let me tell you what I they, might, they, like, they have thoughts. <laughs> they, they have a few shot, a few thoughts, uh, and you know I, I had a blast. I thought the atmosphere was great. I saw people say like people yell profanity, like it wasn't like they had funny like jabs, and they were honestly like seemed a little scared to make any UMBC references, which I kind of joked about, but there was the same type of thing where there were a couple times where I was like, Ooh, that was a lot of contact with no call. Um, and it goes the other way. And so to state's credit, just like unfortunately to Syracuse's credit in 2016, you have to make those threes on the other end and they were doing that. And there were successive plays of, you know, they'd take it and hit a big three, take it, hit a big three. Um, yeah. So it's, I, I'm, there was less of the, like, I didn't have the, Oh, here we go against old Virginia. Cause also none of these guys were on that team. So it's right. not like they reverted back to their own thing. So it's whether or right. not you think it's like a, a system thing that they're reverting back to. But again, in my mind, if they're going to revert to a fallback system, it's not what they were doing. Because yeah. that's not Tony Bennett's basketball, what they were doing when they tried to push sure. it in transition. Um, and a lot of the turnovers, I'm just going to keep my rant going, 16 turnovers. And I even talk, like after the game, one of the players was like, how many turnovers was it? And I said 16. They go, oh, that's a lot. Like they know that that's bad. Like, Everyone knows it's not the style that they play. It's not what they want to do. Uh, I think there were four to five offensive fouls, and I think Walker drew all of them. Um, Yeah, like, anyway, there were four or five offensive fouls. There was a travel call. There was a 10-second violation when somehow Mamadi was bringing the ball up. Uh, And then there was a shot clock violation. That's eight Um, right there. You know, there there was a couple passes out of bounds. You know, there there, there was a bunch of – just late in the game tie forced one into the center yeah. yeah and i don't like when people say it's like you like lazy passes i'm fine with like that term but when they like oh they didn't have any and this is my thing you know this like to infer someone's effort because you have braxton key out there diving on the ground you have guys like there wasn't like a lack of will or desire to win type thing they just like didn't put enough oomph on some of those passes and you can't right. do that against you. That's called a lazy pass. pass but right, and that's why I, I know I'm saying, like, it's okay to say, like, lazy pass. I get, like, what that is. But there were some people that were like, they just looked lazy out there. And I'm like, they I don't really. lazy. They not the players. Looked, yes, they did. Nah. Yeah. I, I'm, so this is going to be, like, my biggest, like, well, I was there. Yeah, but I was sitting five feet from the players, and nothing right. they were doing was lazy. You're inferring that I'm saying the players weren't trying hard enough or that's what lazy is. No, I'm saying they looked lazy. The style of play that they were displaying was quite lazy looking. It's not that Jack doesn't want to win or the key doesn't want the ball or the tie doesn't give a crap about okay, teams or things like that. I also saw like apathetic in that one. All those things too. all those things add up though when 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 it's you know not just giving up a horde of offensive rebounds. It's not just one or two boneheaded plays. It's not just some couple plays like like the uh, ten second play is is not just miscommunication. It's also failure to react and failure. Yeah. To oh, that was bad. That was up, up that was bad. Beat, you know? And it that wasn't was the only sort of head scratching like, uh, you know, that it's. It, 
obviously they're prepared. I mean, they're well-coached team. I think sometimes you just have off nights. Oh, for sure. Good teams yeah. win, and, and sometimes they win on those off nights. But even on an off night, you look bad. Like, And that's, that's yeah. what it was. They looked like they weren't the same team they usually look. Since they, they, since they might... opened at sta- against Florida State, they've played five of seven on the road. Like, that's tough. Like, and that's that a... It's a whole other thing. Obviously, yeah. the team, you know, at this point, the season is going to be low on, on energy. It's, you know, it's a brutal schedule and all that good stuff. So, it's good the, that they have the break. The thought that I had watching it wasn't, like, getting away from, like, lazy or effort. It just, it seemed un, a little bit unfocused. And, like, the communication was a little bit – like, it was the first time I remember – like, obviously, Ty is a very animated player. Yeah. But it looked like the first time that they were kind of – the guys on the floor were kind of picking at each other as a, as opposed as opposed to, you know, sort of like, hey, that's that's why that went wrong. Yeah. There was like, oh, come on, man. Like, there was different, a different that's just level. Normal, it seemed like it was more – Frustration, more right? Visible right. From, Mamadi right. is frustrated to hell, and I was getting yeah. a little worried. Well, they probably all were, right? You no, know, he deserved to be frustrated as hell because some of those rebounds that walk, like that, some of those guys got, he was held like oh yeah, yeah beyond yeah. belief. Yeah. Like it yeah. was, there were a couple times. So that's why when like the state fans were like booing and stuff, I was like, y'all don't want them to actually call you for the fouls you're committing. Oh yeah, no, because every single one of your insane. guys would have yeah. been out of out of this game. And, so like yeah. Mamadi could and where I got worried was exactly what I said about what was so good about him at Notre Dame, where like he looked calm and letting the game come to him. When he gets flustered, I get real worried about him picking up extra fouls, like right. trying to figure it out all, it all ties into that and that's what happened yeah. against Syracuse. That's what happened against UMBC. They things didn't go that they wanted, whether it be calls or just, you know, a string of bad shots or, or good shots that don't go in, you know, whatever it might be. If they get flustered that leads to being animatedly aggravated it leads to forcing a pass that isn't there and so it looks like a dumb play it leads to missing shots that you have that are wide open and so what you know it, that happens to any sports team ever yeah. at points oh, in yeah. time. good teams get over it and uba often hasn't and unfortunately that's been in the biggest yeah. Some of the biggest spotlights they've played in recently. So, it, you know, all this being said, it's good that they were managed to pull out the W. I will say I'm not impressed with NC State at all. I think really? a, a good team would have won that game. Oh, um, yeah. I, they're it, still figuring stuff out, but they've got good players. They've got some guys that can do stuff. They're st- like, they made some mistakes. Like, not I mean, one of the worst teams in the conference or anything like that, but no, they, yeah. were, they were doing – so just just as much bad crap as UVA yeah. was for most of the game too, including missing easy shots that would have blown the roof off the place because you know yeah. that, rather than be tied or, or be closer, like they they really could have made a bigger run. The way Virginia was just you know essentially giving them the ball at points in that second yeah. half. So. I was I thought the defense played really well, and that yeah, again is the, Virginia's yeah, yeah. It, because of the fact like when they did give yeah, us some yeah. turnovers like. They outshot at halftime. I could not believe how weird that game was. They yeah. shot like 60% from the field. Yeah, they and just gave up rebounds. Yeah, and, and so it wasn't as much. Was it was the turnovers yeah. and then like – but also State hit more threes because Virginia took one, which I actually don't have an issue with because they were getting buckets. Mm-hmm. Like it was so easy for them to get easy buckets. 
that they just took the twos. So like, why would you not, if you're going to, if they're there, like take them, you know, but then combined with the turnovers, the offensive rebounds and state making threes, that's how it ended up a four point game, whatever. But I do want to say they did show that they got frazzled. They also like regrouped and got their shit together Uh and stayed like as much as like you can see Ty get animated. He doesn't get, rattled like when he's play, like and I do when it's one of those you know six in one hand half dozen in the other because some of those passes that the ones that weren't lazy that were like I, I love DeAndre I love all these guys you know this DeAndre had a couple like real soft ones on the on the wings that led to runouts and my guy needs to fix that because that's a tough look for my guy um but some of the ones that they tried to force in the middle, I don't hate as much because I'm like, all right, they're being aggressive trying to get a look at the, like, so it's not the end of the world on some of It's one of those, like, if you want them to be more aggressive and do different things offensively, they're going to take more risks. Right. If, if we've, been, risks. we've been barking at them to feed the post, find an inside score, like, you, well, right. yeah, that comes with, you're going to get more, you know, potentially more turnovers because there's more active hands you've got to go through, especially yeah. defense like State. Um, I will say I was – thoroughly impressed with Jay Huff. Oh my God. Not in the sense, in the same sense of some of the games this year where he comes in and he, you know, dunk three, dunk three, block, block three. Like not that kind of just insane frenetic spurt. Yeah. There was a a bit more consistency of effort. It felt like that he was really needed in this game, that there was trouble on the bigs. Um, although I didn't understand why Momady was sitting with three fouls as late in the game as he was, as as once Jack got number four, I did, there there were some there were that decision was curious to me. The way Tony managed to the offense in. defense at the end of the game, I thought was very good. But that that was my one. Why the hell is Momady not on the floor? I think to uh, get key for his rebounding, because I think it was key on the fair. court with with Jay, wasn't it? When Jack was out, I don't. I don't remember. To, I could look it up, but all he, I know is I was real upset to have Jack and Kihei on the floor for the final offensive possession when there was no shot clock and all we needed to do was score a bucket to win. Um, putting the offensive black hole lineup in, I was <laughs> mad. Oh, I was mad. Um, I especially knowing that Mamadi only had three fouls at that point and wouldn't need to play defense. Uh, in all likelihood, uh, how, that was that was my one. What the hell is this kind of? I can only assume like maybe like as I don't know because they didn't pass the ball once in that possession, Jen. and I didn't. That too. I didn't hate. I didn't hate Ty's take. He had a great look. Maybe, like, yeah. How the possession ended up, but like, I it, it's one of those. You know, we know how it ended, so of course it's easy to criticize. But there yeah. is like a man, if, like you got to put your best offensive five on the floor. Like he'd been, Tony had done such a good job with the offense defense, which is up till then managing DeAndre's four fouls. Yeah, he did a really good job. But then all of a sudden, it's that that lineup at the end is like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, hey, Jack had a really big putback, so everyone leave it alone. You mean Braxton Key had a putback that Jack was? Uh, I think it touched both of them. It did touch like, both. So like, whatever. it was a team. Bra- a team <laughs> I do want to get back to Huff, but I will say Braxton, and especially from like where I was, he worked his ass off, and I don't think that there's enough in the stat sheet to properly show like the if you want to talk about effort like the effort that that kid put into that game like he dove for one right in front like the diving the battling in 17 minutes I mean, that's... he had eight boards 
I'm looking at the Notre Dame game. Yeah, he had eight boards. Somehow he had a negative six on the plus minus, but plus minus is whatever. Um, he had eight, and he played 31 eight minutes, and I think whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, in a block and two for two from the free throw line. Like, and as much as Hunter obviously made the boneheaded foul at the end, um, he hit some clutch free free throws bullshit call (laughs) it was a foul i think it was a foul like if i'm watching again besides jamie lucky is ever gonna call that dumb shit i called that gonna happen though when they (laughs) called markel for palming the ball i was like they're gonna have a makeup call oh yeah jamie (laughs) lucky's gonna call a makeup call and it's gonna be to foul out deandre watch i had i did not have the added element of fouling out deandre (laughs) to potentially let state tie the game to send it to double overtime where we would have been smoked without jack and deandre yeah Yeah, that was that i mean that was yeah you can see the jamie lucky (laughs) special coming from half an hour away it did look like markel maybe helped in the little jumping into uh but dre was in no way completely vertical and was way too close to him i don't know i don't know it it was was i liked yeah the refs would not have gotten out of raleigh alive if they hadn't called it though yeah i mean they might not have anyway but as much as they were (laughs) Like getting laid into like i still you know, can't, I just can't believe some of those calls like so wyatt walker and i will say i've joked about wyatt walker both online and like but he did he played a man's game in the in the post and he worked really really hard and he got some calls that uh he definitely earned uh he got a couple i think he probably didn't because he backed down jack salt of one play and then like two plays later uh, the one in overtime where, where they called an offensive foul on Jay Huff and like Walker stumbles back like four steps. And I was like, Jay wasn't even moving. <laughs> he had the ball and wasn't, or whatever was like arm barring to like, or whatever, make space. Or I was like, Jay's like 210 soaking wet. You're 250 and you just back down a 250 guy. Like he didn't push you over on that. But anyway, Jay Huff, outstanding, was so good. I oh, it was incredible and like you're right it wasn't just the the unicorn special of like dunk block dunk block he came in and made some really they need to figure out how to perfectly alley-oop him because please don't turn over anymore like that guys I can't <laughs> I can't take it um but one was pretty great. when they when state opened overtime with a three I will admit I was like well that's it <laughs> I don't know if I maybe it's just because Kyle was cold from three and like well cold just kind of overall but um but I was like oh that's gonna be tough and then right down right next play they found Jay Huff on a great play and he finished the three-point play to tie it and it was chef's kiss but he yeah, was I mean we talked upset. about how, how they need uh often they're gonna need that fourth scoring option uh, yeah you know for a few plays here and there and I guess this game it, it was sort of a combo between uh Mamadi and uh Huff. I know Key had eight points, but it was on three of eight shooting, so I'm not going to give him credit as a, an efficient <laughs> scoring but I, think, but I think there. Key has shown that he's one of those. I think there are three guys, any of whom can be. Right, right. Smart. And so that's what we've been talking about. And, and I know you haven't been here, Paul. Is that, that it I listened. Between Key, <laughs> some games even Key Hay, um, and then, you know, we want Huff and Mamadi to be, as long as one or a combo of two of them do step up into that, uh, particularly if someone has an off night like Kyle did, uh, then you win these tough games. Um, I was the big men. Um, praise the big men in that game because a lot of times the shooters keep the guys in it. Um, they mm-hmm. had, whatever, 21 points and 10 boards from the big guys. Um, 
and people will knock like why don't the bigger guys have more rebounds but we know that this is a, a guard heavy rebounding team because of the way that they block out but yeah um I, I I thought that was a game where those those three guys with Diakite Saltenhoff like really earned their keep yeah um and defensively with uh I think with five blocks between the three of them four of them came from I think three of them or two half of Diakite's came on the same play well yeah I was gonna ask earlier when you said um that that he he tied his career high at state one of those wasn't a block because they called a foul on the third one right and so yeah so he had had, so it should have been even he should have had a career an actual career high not a tying career exactly exactly because they robbed him of one just because just just because because the guy tried three times and couldn't score we'll blow a whistle i guess that was one of the more infuriating things well the fans probably thought that diakite should have been thrown out or something they booted everything. That's state fans. That's state fans. I mean, that's that's their thing. Um, I was. I, it was unbelievable. Like I seriously, at one point in time, I was like, "Are they serious?" I mean, and it's in well, in a little bit, a little bit of state's defense. This has been something that's been building for well years. It's always been their thing. But um, the complaining about fouls and thinking, literally thinking that there's a conspiracy. Um, well, when but, your main two rivals are Carolina and when you think your main two rivals are Carolina <laughs> and Duke, like it, yeah, it is hard not to get a complex. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. But it, the thing that really just blew my mind was seeing state play in person for the first time and being like, y'all don't think that was a foul. <laughs> you don't, you literally don't want them to call fouls tight guy at all. Their defense, right. they're when they, when Ty, Ty got fouled almost every single time he came down the court when they were pulling on the pressure. Like, and the play to end the half that they got the bucket at the last minute, whatever, like, they, the guy, like, tackled DeAndre, like, shoulder-checked him to the ground. Like, it was insane. And I looked, I was like, we're not, we're not blowing the whistle for that? <laughs> and they got, like, an easy bucket. So, I, it was, you know, I'm not saying that they called everything perfectly for Virginia, but when they're complaining about fouls and we had two guys foul out and another important guy, Jay Huff, with four, like, I just really don't want to hear your bullshit. No, they, they are bullshit. The, the refs are awful. Absolutely awful. Did they call bad stuff both ways? Sure. Did they call way more bad stuff on UVA? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and, I, you know, Homer – Rism be damned. That's, yeah, I that's 100% agree. And that, I watch. that was the other thing that Titus said on the you know on the podcast that Paul referenced earlier. Where he was like, "If you're going to commit to complain about the refs, like you got to commit." Be like, "It sucked. They sucked against us, and they were biased as hell." <laughs> <laughs> um, we need to talk about Kihei Clark, uh, as Do you we mentioned know? earlier. Well, you know, it's it's an odd, really rather not. <laughs> it's an odd thing um, that. You've got this guy who leapfrogs into the starting lineup uh, as a true freshman. He's obviously undersized, so you know there's there's a bit of a um, you know handicap uh, to expectations there. And he blows up in against inferior competition. You see what he brings to the team, and now he's sort of having the ups and downs of his first ACC schedule, and that leads to some warranted uh, frustrations, I would say, because you know we want to win, and so anything that uh, seems to not help us win as fans is going to make you frustrated. But all the way to some unwarranted. Uh, overreactions of course some from media members which uh, alluded to earlier on the twitters um 
I, I don't know. I'm curious to hear. I think it, the reason it's so odd too is because he's injured, you know? Yeah, so that's what I don't get. Like he this, broke his wrist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give the kid it's a break. His first time through ACC play in a road environment, uh, and he doesn't even have all of his like wrap off from a broken wrist. <laughs> what can we expect? Um, I don't know. It, it hurts to see that they, at times he becomes a dead zone on offense. Um, this was one of – he didn't take that many shots, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But, you, you know, you can tell that they are, they're going to let him try because it wasn't going in that night apparently. But well, other games, he has a great shooting night, so he really adds a spark. So Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, he, what I do really appreciate about Kihei and where I am confused as to – I don't know. We, I should be used to it at this point because – people have such a specific example of exactly what they need you to do. And if you don't do it, then why are you even seeing any playing time? Mm. Um, he didn't, t- he took two shots. I don't even remember them. So I don't, I can't like say like, Oh, it was late in the shot clock or, you know, it was a good shot and just rimmed out or it was stupid or whatever. He, he on a night when the team turns the ball over 16 times and you as the freshman who handled the ball a lot um, and played, 31 minutes have no turnovers i'm not gonna but yeah it's still yeah 22 minutes 22 minutes 22 minutes no fouls i mean yeah and he's playing defense on guys like braxton beverly um who you know like who didn't have a huge game he had eight points went three for eight shooting like i don't know and how easily people forget (laughs) how dominant he was against justin robinson like, it's just such a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately thing. And because he had a weird game or didn't really have a role against Duke, and, I mean... Oh, I, he had a role. <laughs> he definitely had a role in us losing that game. Okay. No. How about the guy... Well, how about he kicks it out to tie for a wide-open three and he can't connect, and somehow it's Kihei's fault that we lose that game when the guys can't make a single three-pointer? If no, he, I'm not, he did not lose us that game. That's nonsense. Kihei inhibited everything else they could have tried on offense because everyone on Duke was six six or taller. What Ki- like you and Kihei? You, you saw it. Kihei would get matched up on Zion, drive on him, and then not attempt a layup because he knew it was going to get blocked. It's- Which is smart. <laughs> then you kick out. You drive and kick. That's part of an offense, and that's what he did on a fast break. He played that. You know who can play pass- fast breaks properly? Apparently, is Kihei Clark. And yet here we are shitting on you him. How many assists he had? You know how many assists he has had combined in the last five games? You mean after his wrist surgery? No, how many? He has had five assists in the last five games combined. All right. In, in the entirety of ACC play, he has eleven assists. If you're not going to be, if you're not, if you're a guy that size, the whole point of him being on the floor is for Kai and Top. Uh, Ty and Kyle to be able to play off the ball and come around the screens more. And for, and for, I have not seen the passing out of Kihei that makes me think he has an ability to contribute on offense. Cause obviously nobody, nobody respects him as a shooter and he hasn't proved, he hasn't really killed anybody proving them wrong. Yeah. He has two games in double digits. He was dominant against Tech. He had an outstanding game, and he had a really great game at Notre Dame. He had two great layups back-to-back different ways. He said, yeah, no, he has had two good games. And I reckon, like, th- yes, there is too much being – no, no, th- maybe it is expecting too much of a freshman undersized point guard in the ACC. But 
if what if what you're saying is you should only expect as much out of him as a freshman undersized point guard in the ACC and he's living up to that I think that's there's not legit- what I expect but go ahead well, I think he's a benefit to the team and it's not just if he doesn't have because we don't track hockey assists or stuff like that there are like I said I already admitted I already admitted the like okay I don't like the two of them together but to say that just because he doesn't have assist numbers coming off of a broken wrist where he's still giving great minutes and good defense that he doesn't help this team is is no, he, he helps he he does he helps on defense and by the way the next game the next game is the why you have Kihei game like that if if the whole if the whole if Miami was any good and the whole season was building up. They are not. And <laughs> correct. They are not. So there is no reason that Kihei should have been getting all this experience just to shut down Chris Likes. But the next game is the one in which Kihei should have the most clear-cut role. And going in and playing tough defense on a guy like Beverly, playing tough de- defense on a quick guard like Robinson, I agree that those things are valuable. It's just I haven't – there are – I don't know. I, I can't – see there are enough other <laughs> offensive liabilities. I can't even find the words to express how Here's much. Here's the thing, too. We there can't have Kyle and Ty playing 35, 40. Yeah. Like, we have to spell them at times. So, like, he's going to come in, and this experience is going to be huge. I do not buy for one single second that he costs us the game at Duke. That's it. he cost us the game. Yeah, you, he, he said he, lost, he had a role in us. Then, then say every single person. Like, to sing yes. Out guy being everyone, like, yes. He, had, he played a role in losing the game at Duke. I think he had like a more than – I think he well, – let's see. He played 18, 18 minutes. minutes in that game. I think he had more than 18 minutes of impact on that game. I do not. At okay. all. Let's check the plus minuses. Um, no, I mean, he's got to <laughs> play, uh, obviously. I think it's just sort of uh, when he goes through those stretches in some games where it, it, it's pretty clear uh, that it's not the situation for him, and then Marco doesn't come in is, uh, is an unfortunate instance uh, to, in terms of our guard depth. Um, obviously, obviously, Tony trusts Kihei obviously, but he clearly doesn't trust Marco yet either. Um, and I don't know that, that you would hope there'd be more bench guard. I don't ability. see why Grant Percy's not playing. To say what you know, Joe Giglio said on Twitter of, I don't know what tr- you're trying to prove Tony zero is not a, an ACC caliber player. I think is utter bullshit because yeah. he was a certainly sure as shit an ACC caliber player when he shut down stupid like whatever it's just annoying like that kind of stuff and like maybe it's said with jest and like half trolling or whatever but like i get like people make fun of me anyway so who cares but like that's like that's bullshit like who are you dude shut up no and and i think trogdon our own writer came back with like oh sure he doesn't have all that extra upside of checks notes braxton beverly like whatever i I just (laughs) i get real frustrated because i think that there's this I don't know what people – is it because he played so well early in the season like that people are turning on him now? No, I don't think it's – I don't think my ex, my frustration with him is based on, oh, you did it earlier, why aren't you doing it now? Yeah, you should play better against Coppin State than you play against Duke. No question – like, obviously. But at the same time, he's shooting 21% from two in conference play. He hasn't been healthy. He got hurt right before conference play started. Like – I just think that well, that's he like... He got hurt in the Morgan State game. Yes. And then had the Superman comeback six six days later. 
against VCU had the surgery December 10th, right? Yes. Uh, so that was the day after the VCU game was December 10th. And yeah. So like, yeah, he's been playing on that hurt wrist. And obviously that is a factor, but at the same time, if he, if he's adding another physical limitation to the fact that he's four foot two or whatever, then why is he getting as much playing time? I think that's, have you that's met, have you met the, Tony? Cause it's, D-E-F-E-N-S-E. Because there's other guys now that can score. We're used to having a black hole in offense, right? Like, it's fine. Well, it's I do think that... Thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like having two. <laughs> I don't, I'd have to look at the numbers on Kempon to see, like, how often the two play together. Because I do agree, like, outside of pick and rolls against Coppin State, there's not a lot that, like, Jack and Kihei can do together. That's... I agree there. Um, but I... There's more to, I don't know. I just think that people are being uh, a little extra harsh than the situation warrants. All right. Well, uh, let's get into uh, some Miami talk real quick. Um, Here's Miami's ACC results. Loss, loss, loss. Beat Wake Forest. Loss, loss, (laughs) loss, loss. Um, They are not good. Uh, They haven't played most of the other not as good teams other than that Wake Forest game. So, you know, like, I guess you could say FSU is the worst team, oddly, uh, in the group they've played. So State, Louisville, FSU twice, UNC, Syracuse, Virginia Tech. None of those games, I guess, with Miami's light roster, would you say they would be favored in, uh, particularly in hindsight, but still, that's a shit ton of losing. Uh, yeah, the, uh, they have had uh, some. Yeah. They have a thin, thin roster. Especially the front court. Uh, you know, they made likes the scorer, and he is is very fast and very small, and, and is a good scorer uh, and a good shooter. I, you know, to run over some stats for it, likes is leading them in scoring. It's, it was sixteen point eight a game. Um, Zundu is obviously their big uh, center. They, I think, like to go pretty much four guards and him. Um, that you know, because there isn't a whole a lot else going on uh, on their roster. It's it's tough. You know, any road game still going to be tough. We've seen great EVA teams uh, struggle against really bad ACC teams on the road uh, before but I don't think there's any reason to be uh, all too pessimistic uh, other than the fact that they didn't play so well against State, so you hope they play well against Miami. I don't know. What are you thinking, Paul? I, I mean, this is this is one of those I really, really hope it's something I can just kind of tune out that it's like, yay, 30-point win. Like, I, I, if it's even remotely – I guess, I don't know. I'll, I'll walk that back. If I was going to say <laughs> if it's even remotely close against Miami, then I'm – I am much more pessimistic on the rest of the season. I feel like there is the possibility of after this stretch of, of so many road games coming home, having the week off, you know, having the week off sort of looming right after that. um, I could, I could see there being a little bit of like a, a mental lapse thing. Now, like even with a mental lapse against Miami, you should still, this team should still beat them by 15 at least. Um, But and you know, if, if it doesn't go well, there could be an opportunity for more intensive uh, correction in the the week leading up to the Duke game. So, 
I mean, I, I don't expect anything out of Miami. Um, I, Certainly not fans at the game. <laughs> they, uh, they have a kid, a guy from Auckland. Oh, it's yeah, in Charlottesville. So sorry, though. Yeah. It's still funny to make fun of them. Well, I'll be at the game. Uh, there will be very few Miami fans at this game. <laughs> Almost as many as their home game. Yeah, there's the joke. Uh, and they yeah. get a week off till Duke, which is nice because they are probably exhausted at this point. I don't know. Maybe it, 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 the bye week thing, not quite as a, oriented to the basketball success as it is normally football success, I think. But I think it's the right point. I legitimately don't think there could be a better time for it to show up. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I think I kind of feel bad for Miami. Nope. It's like they lost a lot. They, they, the jinx is on you now. No, I don't mean that. I, I just mean like Miami after the game. Okay. That's fine. I'll wait then. They do. They are playing with like five guys in a ham sandwich as they're like, you know, depth. Um, and it's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> We'll see. I, Hopefully, likes doesn't go for fifty, and you would imagine UVA will be in pretty good shape. They do have uh, the Eastern European guy who shoots threes, which he's been. Of course, for, they do. Vasilovic. I think. Um, and sometimes we have issues with though. I don't. I wouldn't really say he's a stretch four though. Like some of those Wake Forest Eastern Europeans. Have yeah. Been that past, or Miami Eastern Europe, like. No, I know, but I'm, like, I'm thinking like that from Spain. The, with the wake guys so they, they had two back to back whatever but anyway and he's you know i don't think he's gonna take over the game knock on wood uh, i think we're we're looking forward to hopefully seeing improvement in some of the things that lapsed in raleigh and you would imagine shooting is going to be one of those easy ones to fix um, because they are going to be in Charlottesville. so that being said i think uh you know, stay tuned to the blog uh, for some more preview uh, for Miami on Saturday. Uh, certainly we'll be back next week to discuss it and preview the Duke game uh, the week coming up, also on a Saturday. Maybe game day will be in town. Go Hoos! iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect New Year, New You portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect New Year, New You portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today.